MSW Media. This episode is sponsored by Green Pan, healthy ceramic nonstick cookware. Green Pan is the go-to brand for high-quality, non-toxic, easy-to-clean pots and pans. Head to greenpan.us and use promo code DAILYBEANS and you'll receive 30% off your entire order, plus free shipping on orders over $99. And a big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, July 24th, 2023. Today, major news media production vans are beginning to line up outside the Prettyman Courthouse in downtown D.C., where a federal grand jury is expected to vote on an indictment for Donald Trump in the coup investigation in the coming weeks. The Department of Justice has indicated it's taking legal action at the Texas border, where Governor Greg Abbott has deployed drowning buoys and concertina wire. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis will seek racketeering charges in the 2020 election interference probe. Michael Cohen has reached a settlement agreement with the Trump Organization. Tennessee 3 member Gloria Johnson is challenging Marsha Blackburn for her Senate seat. And an update on the Tuberville block of military promotions. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Monday. Did you have a lovely weekend? I did. That word, I'm Dana Goldberg, seemed a little like more sing-songy than normal. <laughs> I'm Dana Goldberg. I'm Dana Goldberg. <laughs> I had a wonderful week. I had a great time in Chicago where we had a wonderful Good. meet and greet with patrons. We had an incredible meetup in Grand Rapids. We had like 50 patrons come out for that. That's amazing. Truly wonderful to meet everyone and speak to them. And just incredible, wonderful people. It's the reason the Leguminati is the reason that we do this. So thank you so, so much, everybody, for listening to this show. We'll be off the week of August 7th, but there will be new content every day because I never stop working for you. And of course, the Jack podcast and the Cleanup on Aisle 45 podcast will be on that week. I'm not taking a break from those. Cleanup on Aisle 45 is where we will have all of the in-depth coverage on the Fonnie Willis indictments, which are coming soon. That's me and Peter Strzok. It is a really great podcast. I hope you get a chance to listen to it. I think you will really love it and enjoy it. Patrons of that podcast, it's a $2 level, get an additional episode, twice as many episodes in the month with me and Pete. And Pete gets pretty Pete gets pretty sweary on those, uh, on those bonus episodes, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> you can join up by uh, going to patreon.com slash aisle45pod. That's A-I-S-L-E-4-5-P-O-D. Thank you so much again, patrons. You make these shows happen. So media vans lined up outside the Prettyman Courthouse. A friend of mine was down there on the street on his feet, and he took a bunch of pictures and sent them to me. I put them up on Twitter. It looks like they are on full-on indictment watch right now. <laughs> They're <laughs> set up outside the Prettyman Courthouse. The last documents indictment took three weeks from target letter to indictment. That would mean that the indictments here would be happening the week of August 7th, the week that we're off. But I honestly think I do believe they may happen before then, as indicated by potentially those media vans. And they're not just, you know, regular media vans are the big production ones. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what goes on there. And President Biden has nominated the first ever woman to sit on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. 
Navy Admiral Lisa Franchetti. Of course, Tuberville is still blocking all military promotions, but Deputy Secretary of Defense has said they aren't budging on their abortion policy at the Pentagon. And I want to personally thank them for that, for standing up for that policy to provide um, leave and travel for people who are seeking abortion care outside of states that they're stationed in where abortions have been banned. All right, we have a lot of news to get to, so let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from my friend Hugo Lowell at The Guardian. The Fulton County District Attorney investigating Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in the state of Georgia has developed evidence to charge a sprawling racketeering indictment under RICO laws next month, according to two people briefed on the matter. Those, of course, are Georgia state RICO laws, not federal RICO laws. Which makes me happy because that means he can't get pardoned for them. Correct. The racketeering statute in Georgia requires prosecutors to show the existence of an enterprise and a pattern of racketeering activity that is predicated on at least two qualifying crimes. I think we can probably come up with two qualifying crimes in the coup. In the Trump investigation, the Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis has evidence to pursue a racketeering indictment predicated on statutes relating to influencing witnesses and computer trespass. Willis has previously said she was weighing racketeering charges, uh, but the new details about the direction and scope of the case come as prosecutors are expected to seek indictments starting in the first two weeks of August. The racketeering statute in Georgia is a more expansive statute than its federal counterpart. Notably, because any attempts to solicit or coerce the qualifying crimes can be included as predicate acts of racketeering activity, even when those crimes cannot be indicted separately. Ooh. Mm hmm. The specific evidence was not clear, though the charge regarding influencing witnesses could conclude Trump's conversations with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, in which he asked Raffensperger to find 11,780 votes. That's just one more than we need. The people said this and thereby implicating Trump. For the computer trespass charge, where prosecutors would have to show the defendants used a computer network without authority to interfere with the program or data, that would include the breach of voting machines in Coffee County, according to the two people familiar. The breach of voting machines involved a group of Trump operatives paid for by Sidney Powell accessing the voting machines at the county's election office and copying sensitive voting system data. The copied data from the Dominion voting system machines, which are used statewide in Georgia, was then uploaded to a password-protected site from where election deniers could download the materials as part of a misguided effort to prove the 2020 election had been rigged, including the pillow man, by the way, who just sold off everything, including probably his mother's ashes. Though Coffee County is outside the usual jurisdiction of the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, the racketeering statute allows prosecutors to also charge what the Trump operatives did there by showing it was all aimed toward the goal of corruptly keeping Trump in office. Charges stemming from the Trump investigation are expected to come between the final week of July, which is where we are now, and the first two weeks of August. I think it's actually the first three weeks, but The Guardian is reporting the first two weeks after Willis told her team to shift to remote work during that period because of security concerns. So lots going on. We've got... The, the 2024 dance card for Donald Trump's crimes is filling up pretty quickly. And very quickly. And we've seen how he dances, so it's going to be ugly. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yes, please no dancing on the dance Please cards. no dancing. My goodness. <laughs> this one's from Kara Scanell at oh. CNN. It seems Michael Cohen reached a settlement with the Trump organization in the dispute over nearly $1 million in unpaid legal bills, averting a civil trial set for Monday. 
During a court hearing Friday, lawyers for Cohen and the Trump Organization announced they reached the settlement and said the terms were confidential. Cohen sued the Trump Organization in 2019, alleging that he had agreements, both written and oral, that his legal bills would be paid in connection to numerous investigations, but the real estate business stopped funding those bills when he split from Trump and began cooperating against them. The Trump Organization said it covered Cohen's legitimate bills, saying he is not indemnified for voluntary cooperation he gave following his guilty plea for lying to Congress, campaign finance violations, or other crimes. And this is a quote here, plaintiff's involvement arose and occurred because of his own initiative and his own predicament resulting from his own misconduct and was undertaken for his own purposes. That's the Trump lawyer, by the way. That's what they wrote in the court filings. Went on to say, These actions, the crimes and the cooperation, defeated the purpose of and thus effectively terminated any oral agreement that might have existed for indemnification. That's from the Trump attorneys. Jurors were selected and sworn in this week. Opening statements were set for Monday. And the trial, which was expected to include testimony from Cohen and Donald Trump Jr., but not from the former president, was expected to last about a week. Cohen told CNN, and I quote, this matter has been resolved in a matter satisfactory to all parties. Hunter Winstead, who's a lawyer for Cohen, said, our understanding is a recitation of the terms openly would not be consistent with the party's agreement. CNN has reached out to the Trump organization. Winstead said to the judge, and I quote, we'll take this off your docket. I know you'll be heartbroken. (laughs) Gotta love a lawyer with a good sense of humor. Finally, funny lawyer. Yeah, seriously. Judge Joel Cohen retorted, I'll be neither heartbroken or heartwarmed. Our job is to resolve disputes. That's good enough for me. So the judge kept the straight face, but I have a feeling they were like, thank the fucking baby Jesus. Yeah, just pray to the small, tiny baby Jesus for a moment. Thank you so much. We don't have to have Don Jr. in my courtroom. Oh, right. Oh, my God. All right. Next up from Greg Sargent at The Washington Post. He says, one of the more pernicious developments in our politics is the effort by red state governors to assert outsized power over immigration in their states in ways designed to appeal to national right wing audiences. For instance, the state of Texas recently placed a large barrier in the Rio Grande, supposedly to keep migrants out, but actually just to send a message to Fox News viewers that the state is securing the border where President Biden allegedly refused to do so. But now the Justice Department has sent a letter to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, and it only took Merrick Garland 24 hours to do this, notifying him that the department will sue them over the barrier if Texas does not commit to removing it by today, this afternoon. Quote, the state of Texas's actions violate federal law, raise humanitarian concerns, present serious risk to public safety and the environment, and may interfere with the federal government's ability to carry out its official duties. The border is our fucking job, Texas. Take a seat. I added that last part. Uh, Many of Texas's moves on immigration seem deliberately provocative. Uh, Greg Sargent goes on to write, Abbott openly declared that the barrier in the Rio Grande was designed for securing the border by preventing migrants from even getting to the border, a declaration that Texas sees itself taking over border policy. Quote, the Biden administration is asserting its authority over the border, and rightly so. That's immigration attorney David Leopold uh, talking to The Washington Post. Texas has no business taking over federal immigration law, which is what they're doing. Now, in this letter, the DOJ flatly states that the barrier obscures navigation of the Rio Grande in violation of federal law and that the Army Corps of Engineers did not authorize the move. Quote, Texas does not have authorization from the Corps to install the floating barrier and did not seek such authorization before doing so. 
While the Justice Department's letter does not accuse Texas of usurping its authority on immigration in particular, the move signals that the department is closely watching to see whether Texas's future moves do violate federal laws on immigration and across the board. Quote, if DOJ is forced to sue Texas, the law clearly favors the federal government, which has the authority over floating barriers in navigable waters. That's what Leopold said to the Post. My prediction is the federal judge will order Texas to remove the barriers. He added that the clear message going forward is that the administration will not stand idly by. What makes this particularly sad is that for months, Republicans had predicted a huge surge of migrants that would arrive at the border, a big caravan, after Biden lifted COVID-19 Title 42 restrictions on asylum seeking in May. That has not happened. Biden's balance of opening wider legal channels for migrants to apply for entry from abroad while restricting asylum seeking at the border is working. Yet the cruel gestures of the Republican governors continue apace. The barrier in the Rio Grande was only the latest example of that. It's unlikely Abbott will listen to the Justice Department's directive. In fact, he missed the deadline to respond by 2 p.m. yesterday. After all, standing up to Biden in some performative sense is the whole point. So this may well end up in litigation. What's clear now is that the federal government is fighting back. And I'm glad they are. These stunts they're doing with migrants is infuriating, absolutely infuriating between DeSantis and Abbott. They're just gross, gross, yes, inhumanely gross. All right. Last one in this section. This is from Allie Mutnick at Politico. It seems a member of the Tennessee Three, those three people in Tennessee that stood up uh, when the, you know, for gun legislation and, and so on. The state lawmakers who were rebuked, as I said, for protesting gun violence in their capital. Well, that one is preparing an uphill, very uphill run against Senator Marsha Blackburn, which makes me very, very happy, by the way. Mm. State Rep. Gloria Johnson is eyeing a mid-August launch for a Senate campaign. That's according to two people familiar with her plans who are not authorized to confirm them, by the way. Johnson's already spoken with officials from the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and Emily's List, a pro-abortion rights group, and has begun to assemble a campaign team. Yay. Johnson, who happens to be 61, and her colleagues, state reps Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, they, were, those, they, they all caught national attention when they staged a demonstration advocating for stricter gun control laws after three students and three employees were killed during a Nashville elementary school shooting earlier this year. Now, Pearson and Jones, who happened to be black, they were both booted from the state house, but quickly reinstated, by the way, by their respective local councils. Johnson, who happens to be white, did not get exposed during that time by one vote. Hmm. Seems a little sketch. Yep. Now, the incident earned them national notoriety, speaking invitations and a trip to the White House. Now, in a brief interview, Johnson said that she was considering a run and that she would probably make a final decision this summer. And this is the quote. I'm taking a serious look at the race and having conversations with folks that are hungry for better leadership in Washington. Again, this is from Johnson, went on to say, honestly, Tennesseans deserve someone who will stand up to corrupt special interests, fight for lower costs so that every family can build a good life. And that's not Marsha Blackburn. Now, Johnson won't have the primary field to herself, by the way. Marquita Bradshaw, who's an environmental activist and her party's 2020 Senate nominee, has also filed to run again. Now, three years ago, she bested James Mackler. Mackler was the candidate preferred by the National Democrats but then lost to incumbent Bill Haggerty by 27 points. Now, Tennessee remains a deep red state that former President Donald Trump won twice by at least two dozen points. Democrats are a super minority in both chambers of the legislature and now control only one of the state's nine congressional districts. Now, Bill Clinton, Bill was the last Democrat to carry the state in a presidential contest. Blackburn easily beat 
back a 2018 challenge from Phil Bredesen, the state's last Democratic governor, though the race drew national attention and was seen at that time as a possible Democratic pickup. A longtime teacher, Johnson's expected to mount a different kind of campaign than Bredesen, who a, a, a milk toast moderate is what they're calling him, despite being a popular two-term governor years prior, struggled to invigorate the base and ran on his centrist record. He actually lost to Blackburn by 11 points. In an interview, Johnson said that her campaign would differ from Bredesen's and that she hoped to, and I quote, inspire and motivate voters. I think that if she can inspire to motivate the younger generation, I think the younger generation is fucking pissed. And remember, this is a statewide election. Mm -hmm. It's going to matter. Yeah, they went from 24 points to 11 points. The media thinks this is a long shot campaign, but I beg to differ. I think we can get really close. If not win this particular seat in Tennessee, we do have a very difficult Senate map in 2024. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. This could be a very important pickup for Democrats. And I'm, I'm hoping uh, that she does really, really well. All right, everybody, we'll be right back with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. You know, I absolutely adore my custom mattress from Helix Sleep. It's like a loyal friend waiting for me at the end of each day, always there, giving me the best night's sleep of my life. Uh, just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Imagine finding your dream mattress without setting foot inside a mattress store. That is the magic of Helix. With their sleep quiz, you can find your ideal mattress in under two minutes, then it's shipped right to your door for free. Helix's lineup includes 20 unique mattresses. They have the award-winning Lux Collection, the new Elite Collection, and mattresses for big and tall sleepers and kids even. They celebrate our uniqueness by offering us a variety of models. When I took the quiz, I was matched with the Helix Midnight. I'm a side sleeper and I like a medium firm bed, so it's perfect for me. And because Helix understands there's no better test than sleeping on a mattress in your own home, they offer a generous 100-night trial and a 10 or 15-year warranty depending on the model. So why wait? Get your perfect sleep with Helix. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And you know I've always been conscious about my health. I've never considered how much my cookware affected how healthy my food was. Then, while fighting to scrape off some stubborn food stuck on an old pan, it hit me. I needed something better. Enter Green Pan, the world leader in ceramic nonstick cookware, boasting a hefty portfolio of over 150 patents. I adore my Green Pan collection, not just for health reasons, but for its aesthetics. They're beautiful. They brighten up my kitchen with their vibrant colors. They perform even better than they look. My favorite stir-fry recipe was suddenly 10 times easier to make. I, I am at an instant fan of Green Pan. Green Pan's journey began in 2007 when their founders discovered that the plastic coating typically found on traditional nonstick pans could turn toxic when heated. This disturbing reality drove them to create a PFAS-free alternative that's genuinely toxin-free. Switching to ceramic isn't just a trendy choice. It holds real benefits. Ceramic cookware doesn't emit fumes. It ensures even heat distribution and even makes cleanup easy. And better still, it allows you to cook with less oil or butter for healthier meals. And Green Pan doesn't stop at pans. They also offer an assortment of kitchen appliances from slow cookers to waffle makers, alongside bakeware and elite cutlery to fully equip your kitchen. Plus, their 60-day return policy, 60 days, ensures you're entirely comfortable with your decision. So toss those plastic pans and upgrade your cookware with Green Pan. Head to greenpan.us and use promo code DAILYBEANS and you'll receive 30% off your entire order, plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right. 
Whether you buy one pan or a whole set, that's 30% off. So head to greenpan.us and make sure you use our promo code DAILYBEANS to let them know we sent you. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if I get anything wrong or if I pronounce anything wrong, uh, you can send that to us. If you have an adoptable pet in your area, if you can't pay pod pet tax, want to send us photos of your happy place or frog orgies or baby pictures or a shout out to a loved one or a small business in your area that you want to support or a local candidate you want to give a shout out to that's running for something. Whatever you want to send to us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. All right, first up from Cookie, pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies. I'd like to give a great big shout out to a wonderful local business here in Portland, Oregon, a Mexican restaurant called Miss Tacones. It's completely vegan and the best damn Mexican food I've had in this city. Not only does the food rock, the owners, Polo and Carlos, are the dearest couple. An amazing thing they offer is any trans person of color eats for free. That's awesome. You can even pay it forward to help out the community. I'm so happy and proud of them for being voted the number two best Mexican eatery in the city. And I'm not even in the vegan category. I'm including a picture of these two cuties and one with my wife and I with the boys. We love your podcast and I would love to share more with you, which I will save for another time. Peace and love. Cookie, oh, this is fantastic. The boys are adorbs, by the way. These, I already want them to be my best friends. I know. Next time I'm in Portland, I'm going. And the kids look how lovely. Yeah. All right. So they're so cute. And you are a lovely couple. Portland, Oregon, Miss Tacones and trans people of color eat free. I am definitely going there to support that business. Wonderful. I love it. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. All right. This is from Average Grandma. No pronouns on grandma. Thanks for your intelligent and snarky commentary and knowledgeable guests and for making me feel like I know the smart people. (laughs) Special thanks to Andy McCabe for his work with you on the Jack podcast. I really look forward to this every Sunday. For Dana, thank you for all the good you're doing with HRC. And for you, I've added a baby pic of me and my granddaughter. For pet tax, I give you the belly trap worthy of Guinness World Record. (laughs) (laughs) That is a belly trap if I've ever seen one. Oh, oh my goodness, you and the baby. Oh, look at the summer baby with the hat at the pool with the little the little romper. Oh. oh my goodness. Look at the legs. Look at the leggies. So good. So, so good. Oh, adorable baby. Thank you so much for that, average grandma. We appreciate it. I love your chunky kitty too. Next, under Carver, pronoun she. Thank you. Ms. Beanses for the very important work you do. AG, I get the frog orgies daily. I've seen ponds full of them just floating there doing it with those faces. Ridiculously funny. The kids got me the frog pond I've always wanted, and it gives me seemingly inordinate joy. (laughs) I'm surprised I can love them so much when I can't even pet them. Here's an almost threesome. The two on the right, uh, the right's pronouns are he and him. You tell by the size of the tympanum relative to the eye. All right. I, I guess the tympanum, it sounds like it's drum related, like timpani. So maybe it's that f- f- that neck flesh that looks like the top of a drum. I don't know. Huh. You just made up a whole lot, but you're probably pretty close. Hey, I just like to make shit up. I can't tell who lefty is from this angle. They're green frogs, by the way. The ridge runs down both sides of their backs. 
Look at the baby froggies. Oh, cutie pies. Hello. Hi, frog. Oh, yep. Thank you. Oh, yeah, there's a little action in the last photo. Mm-hmm. Ribbit, ribbit. I'm into it. So good. All right. This is from S, pronoun she and her. Thanks so much for all you do. Just wanted to say hello to both of you. Dana, you might remember me as one of the divas of diversity. Blast from the past. But since hanging up my diva hat, I've become a grandma and a dog mom. We call my grandson Baby Bean. (laughs) He's five months now, born on my parents' 65th wedding anniversary. Here's a baby Beano pick and a puppy pick of Uncle Mojo. Thanks again for the breath of fresh air in this effed up world. And look at the baby leaning on him, like just, just chilling here, just chilling yep. in my hand. And I know it's not intentional, but yep, just chilling here. And that fucking dog is adorable. I know. That's a, that's a Muppet right there. That oh, a- it's so good. Those eyes. Look at those soulful eyes on that pup. That dog is so in much places. So much personality uh, for in both of these photos, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It is Frog Orgy Baby Picture Day. We have a theme. We've we've already got a theme established. Next up from Ashley, pronouns she and her. I guess I'll throw my Tucker into the what the mutt game. Tucker was born at Lifesavers Wild Horse Rescue in California. He was an oopsie. Tucker was one of a litter of two, and he had to be born by C-section because the mommy was so tiny. She survived to bark the tail. This is a happy story. Tucker got his forever home with me. Tucker is my soulmate, and I adore him. But it's been a bumpy road sometimes. He has quite a temper and chronic back pain that we treat with daily regimens of meds, supplements, prescription food, and exercise to keep the weight off. He's a happy guy as long as he gets exactly what he wants. He was not named after the fact that I'm completely tuckered out from being his mom or that he's so cute when he's tuckered or something like that. I know all of your listeners are decrying the travesty of humans not neutering and spaying their pets, but the fact remains, even my liberal heart cannot deny if humans had neutered their pets, I would not have my tucker, and that's unthinkable. Oh, look at this baby. (laughs) All right, what the mutt? We got Cocker Spaniel. We got a little, maybe, um, what is that? That, uh, That King Charles? Maybe. Maybe in Chihuahua, because I feel like there's also Chihuahua and everything. A little bit of cat, ca- uh, cattle dog, you know, or a shepherd that, you know, like an Australian shepherd or cattle cattle type dog. Sounds good. I have no idea how, how big this dog is, but. No, so me neither. Look at that um, little snoot, though. It's super cute. Border Collie. That's what I was thinking. And Chihuahua. You got right. it. Oh, good job. there you go. Tucker's an oopsie. I love that. (laughs) All right. This is from Mo in Miami. No pronouns for Mo. Good morning to the Beans community and our leaders. This is a self shout out. Yes, because I want a prize for excellence in my profession. I'm one of the lucky ones who studies frog orgies and other (laughs) facets of amphibian and reptile biology. Get the fuck out, Mo. I won the 2023 Henry S. Fitch Award for Excellence in Herpetology. Awesome. My doctoral students wrote a nomination letter that made me blush and threw a hell of a party. Thanks for all you do. Mo, congratulations, Mo in Miami. Mo, one of the Daily Beans listeners, has won an award for studying frog orgies. I, I mean, could not be yeah. prouder. I really couldn't. Mo. Amazing. That's the best award I think anyone could get. It's a major award. So congratulations. Thank you so much for sending in your babies and frog orgies and your your pet pics um, and the shout out to a small business and the shout out to yourself. What a cool, what a cool good news segment we had today. I know. I love this. Please keep sending them in to us. You can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. 
Dana, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here on this Monday? Yes, I do. I know this isn't beans related, but I want to give a shout out to the U.S. Women's National Team for wanting their first match three to zero against Vietnam. Vietnam actually played a very strong game considering and their goalie kicked ass, by the way. Their goalie, I give props to. They blocked a penalty shot um, from Alex Morgan, which sort of surprised me. Um, (laughs) But all three goals, by the way, came from Colorado kids, like the two players, Smith and uh, Haran, both from Mm. Colorado. So go Colorado. And if you're listening to this on um, Monday, our next game is Wednesday. Our next game is Wednesday against Netherlands. This is going to be a tough match. Mm. So this is a replay of the 2019 World Cup. And so we're just going to be cheering on our girls. Like I said, not beans related, but it sort of is because our girls are amazing. They're representing this country. They're also doing incredible things off the field when it comes Mm to pay equity and a ton of other things, racial justice, trans justice. It's a beautiful thing. And we have a really great team. So support them if you can. And it matters. Matters if we are watching women's sports. It matters. The numbers matter. It truly, truly does. And yeah, Netherlands is going to be a tough one. So they definitely need our support. And I know that there's no support like Leguminati support. That's right. So let's make sure to give them our eyes if we if we can, if we have the time. And it's also one of the games that's at a reasonable time. It's at 6 p.m. <laughs> on the West Coast and 9 p.m. on the East Coast. And some most of the other games are like 2.30 in the morning because they're playing in New Zealand and Australia. Mm-hmm. So check out this game if you can. It's on Fox. I, it's one thing I always remember about World Cup time is getting up in the middle of the night, setting an alarm for 2 a.m. to watch a match. <laughs> so, and I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go sleepy, sleepy, but I'll do it. So yeah, so this Netherlands match on Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. on the West Coast is going to be a great match to watch. So everybody tune in if you have a chance. All right. We will be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been A.G. Oh, and I've been D.G. Oh, and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. M-S-W Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry 
We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.